what we do here is go back, 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 back. We got shirts, we got hoodies, we got tank tops, we got dog bandanas, we got rally towels, we got we dog bandanas. Keys. There's dog bandanas. Nice. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Micah McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. Training camp is upon us. Football's back. How are you doing? I'm I'm well. We are back. And um, we're as close to football as we have been in a long time. So um, I feel like we've done a good job of getting by. Um, but now is time to, to dial in a little bit, to center on um, really, really what we're here for. And that's the Raider Nation. So, you know, we, we have a couple things we want to talk about with the NFL news. Um, we want to get into really just the, the meat and potatoes of it. The Raiders are reporting to training camp as of yesterday. So we want to roll through a little bit there. So I, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to, to have some, you know, not, not like we didn't have content, right? But, but just some content that is just here. It's now we're getting prepped for the season and I'm excited. So we will start with a little bit of uh, some NFL news that really has recently surfaced, and that is um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, he has returned um, after all this, all the shenanigans, um, we would say. So he goes out to Hawaii, you know, goes uh, goes and hangs out with his fiance and and that guy that played in um, I don't know the drummer movie. Who knows what his name is? Yeah, he was Miles Teller. Yeah, he yeah he was also in Project X, and I think he uh, Reservoir Dog, not Reservoir Dogs. That's wrong. War Dogs. War Dogs. Yeah, and then also uh, Friends with Benefits Part Two. But so Aaron Rodgers has returned, um, and so a little bit about the deal is he he committed to coming back for this year, but part of the agreement is that they um, cut out his second year of his contract and also agreed to not franchise tag him. So there's a little bit of negotiation on his part um he did bring back randall cobb which you know apparently he's calling the shots and actually had a pretty uh pretty spirited conference today with on the first day of of media session so any thoughts on rogers returning um first day and and it was kind of out of nowhere i think we we knew that at once some trades weren't happening it was kind of going to come to this point but any thoughts when you're in there yeah, well, honestly, the first thing that I thought about, and um, this will be the the cool throne to my hot seat that I have later on for you guys, but my cool throne was Andy's top three quarterbacks because not going to touch on it. This is obviously the bigger thing, but Deshaun Watson went showed up to training camp, still demanding a trade, whatever, he's there. Aaron Rodgers, that was kind of the bigger one that was like, he really just seems like he's not coming back. Like, this just isn't happening. He's find like people thought he was going to retire before he came back to green Bay. So looks like you're back on your top three quarterbacks. Fantastic. I think that at this point he's doing everything he can to just be like, I'm still the big dick swinger in this thing. And like, I'm going to make all the demands possible. You're going to cut a year off my contract. You're going to bring back Randall Cobb. You're going to do all the things that I want because green Bay is burning down. Cause I'm not coming back. And your stockholders that are the public publicly owned team is not happy with the fact that he's just disgruntled. So I think that 
him and his agent were probably like, Hey, check it out. We're going to lose a lot of money. <laughs> if you, every day you don't show up to camp, let's try to swing some things. Let's try to make some, you know, agreements here and there to try to like play nice, but also get what we want. So it's wild. I, it's, it's awesome. It's the, it's, it's mayhem. It's what you kind of root for in these times because it's like something to talk about, you know, it's, it's awesome right now, really. Yeah. And I, and I think it's a, uh... It's it's hilarious that there was so much. It basically got it basically got like ESPN and NFL Network all the way through the summer. Oh yeah, of the speculation just for him to return, and then now they're like, "Why do you think that happened?" It's like nothing really happened, you know, when you look at it. But it's it's actually funny if if he didn't know that he probably had four or five more good you know, above average or good years left, like he wouldn't have came back. I think he has enough money. I think he has enough reasons. He could be the Jeopardy host. There could be a lot of things he could do. Um, But because he was the MVP last year and he knows he can just go out this way one year and negotiate his way to just going on somewhere else, jumping on and, and trying to win more Super Bowls. And I think it's a good, you know, it's a good deal for him. So it's, it's just hilarious that like, the unknown were like, well, let's just speculate nine different ways. And let's tell you why the Denver Broncos may have a shot at winning the Super Bowl. And the Broncos fans are like, ah, I guess we're stuck with the Drew Locke again. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's, you know, it's fun. It, it got us through. So thank you, AA Ron. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. But really, it comes down to exactly what you said. It's like he comes back it, on his own terms. You know, they cut that back end to your deal and just say, hey, He's not going to, he's going to still make money. He's going to do it one more time. And he knows that they can't franchise tag him at the end of the year. They have to trade him or cut him either way. He's gone. So hence the Devonte Adams, Aaron Rodgers last dance post. Yes. Um, so there's that, but you know, nothing happened, but enough happened to where I think it gave us some content and gave everyone content. So thank you for your service. Yeah. We um, appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so another thing that, that you did mention is uh, Deshaun Watson did actually report to training camp, which he said he would not don't want to really speculate on a lot of things as there's a lot of uh, legal allegations that are out there and who knows where this is going to happen. But he did report to training camp and also stood there and said, Hey, I'm still, I still request a trade. I'll, I'll show up and not basically lose money, but he was taking reps on the defense. Um, and so it's like, he's, he's just not involved at all. So I think it's more about when he gets traded than if, and there's just so many things to uncover there, but it's another wrinkle that I'm sure we will continue to address and, and dissect as, as we go throughout training camp. But there's, I mean, unless you want to talk about, it, I mean, I don't think there's anything that needs to be said with the Sean outside of like, Hey, what do you think we could get for Deshaun? Yeah, no, it's, I mean, you touched on enough of it as it is, you know, it's just, it's one of those things you get closer to the season, you get closer to, you know, this training camp mandatory stuff that you got to show up to more news quote unquote pops up mm-hmm. about like what happens. And, you know, a lot of times you're seeing players just kind of doing the bare minimum of what they're having to do because they're, you know, having to, having to tell that line and, and walk that walk of, you know, mm-hmm. doing whatever it is, even if they are holding out for stuff. So it's just a little stuff here and there. You touched on it enough and we'll see where it goes. Yeah. I think a little different where it's like Rogers had 
you know, he was contractually tied to the team and also had reason to leave. And Deshaun was contractually tied, but also there were legal things that were coming up against him. Yeah, to where his, trade, his trade value was different. And the team is in a complete rebuilding mode where if those things didn't happen, then, and he demanded trade, then it probably would have happened and they would have cashed out. But yeah. um, it, it's two different situations, but Deshaun Watson is back and my top three is back and they're a little bruised, I would say, <laughs> um, but they're hanging on. Yeah. So um, the last thing on the NFL is um, something that is actually um, pretty, pretty prevalent right now. And, has had some steam as of the last day or, day or so, but uh, Xavier Howard, uh, Dolphins cornerback, has demanded a trade. I believe he was a second or third round pick um, and then had a couple good years and then really played at an all-pro level. Um, I think it was 2018, 2019 got extended and then has played at an all-pro level, one of the best defensive backs in the league the last two years for sure. And he really wanted to restructure his deal, get a bigger deal and – the team is kind of holding on to mostly the fact that they extended him early, which I think we will see in the NFL. This isn't the same thing, but think of Colton Miller where we extended him early and he actually um, could prove to be more valuable than that. But this is a, a player that is the top of his game um, and wants a better deal and better value for his team. And he's not seen it. So he has demanded a trade and also said that he will report to training camp and, but his, his demands are the same. So, that is a little different as it aligns to someone that, um, you know, a position of need for the Raiders and, and someone that really is, is young and someone that could come in and impact the team. So what do you think is, as far as from here and that? Yeah, that's, it's very interesting because he, by all accounts is a top five corner in the league as of right now and has played that way in the last couple of years and whatnot. Um, I, what's interesting and kind of, weird in the Raiders side of things is like one if we traded for him it would instantly make our group better obviously they'd probably ask for a pretty hefty haul for him at the moment but also it kind of puts us in a weird position because we've we're already in a position of like where's Damon Arnett gonna play out because Casey Hayward got brought on and you know bringing in another you know, he instantly goes as our number, as our CB1, if we bring him in, which means Trayvon Mullins, our CB2. Where does that put Hayward in our net? You know, it's almost like you have to, like, deal someone just to not, like, make your first-round pick, Damon Arnett, the odd man out in the situation, you know? Um, I think it puts us in a really weird situation, but I would love to get him. I just think that there's a lot of question marks with the DBs at the moment and where things are going to play out with this new defensive coordinator, with Casey Hayward coming in, you know, Arnett getting on his second year and just kind of seeing where those things pan out. I don't see them pulling the trigger on giving up a bunch of assets and stuff for him. But by all accounts, I would love to have him on the team. I don't know what that would do, what that would make our DB room look like in regards to who we'd have to get rid of to get him, you know, who slots down to what and slides where if we did bring him in. But I don't know. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense really um, <laughs> because it's like we would have to mortgage at least some of it. And like if you are following any of the um, the MLB hot stove trade, you know, trade stuff, is it's really like the the guys that are attracting, you know, the, the returns basically is the teams want to trade them because there's going to be some return because they're on their the end of the deal. It could really just be like Spider-Man meme where they just point at each other 
whole time and then say, hey, we're not going to trade you and you could just miss games and miss game checks and things like that. And then he's got to play. So because he got extended, because there's years on his deal, you can't always force your hand. And also outside of like, like think of Deshaun Watson, where he's on a team where he has some legal issues that are getting kind of figured out. The team is not ready to win. The Dolphins are like, they're actually like right there where sure. I I would say they need Xavier Howard, but also like, they don't need to trade him. Like they're, they're not in a position to say, well, you know, whatever they could, they could just kind of point the gun back at him and just say, go. Right. So it's interesting, but um, I think, I think what it comes down to is there's a lot of players that are in a position where they see their window. They, they start seeing their window of, of this is a business. And if I don't, you know, get my max right now, if I don't get, you know, traded and extended or whatever it may be to where I can, just create my own value based on where I am now. One injury is the most physical sport in the game um, outside of soccer, you know, to where you just like, it's sorry to where to where it's just like, you could instantly lose your value based on it. So it's just something to consider. Yeah. I, when I was looking, they were doing reports and stuff like that. And it already had said, you know, multiple 2020 playoff teams have reached out to the dolphins about him. And my first thought was the fucking Chiefs. And I was like, these sons of bitches have needed DB help for a while. You know, it's always been one of the things where it's like if they had a if they had a weak spot, it's their defense. Where on their defense, the secondary kind of, you know, for the most part. So I was like, damn it, that would be terrible if they cause they're just like, let's just trade away all first round picks. I'm sure that they don't their first round picks are just like early second round picks because they're always in the, <laughs> the last last like three picks of the draft of the first round. But that was my first thought it was like, great. We're going to see him go to Kansas city because they're going to give up whatever. Cause they don't give a shit. And yeah. I mean, I think that that's like the good teams always just inquire and say like, Hey, yeah. how, how real is it? You know, they'll, they'll poke their finger in there and figure it out. But I don't, I don't think there's any steam to it until, until he actually starts missing games or, or missing practices and things that would, cause him money, then they would just say, we might as well get, because there's also the flip side where the team can be like, Oh, we're going to trade you because there's no one more year of control on your contract. But there's also, you could get a ton more return if there are years of control on the contract, right? It's like, Hey, we're giving you Howard and you have him and his contract for two years. So it's kind of like vice versa in a sense where you could, you could play both sides, but I think it's all about the team and where they're at. Just like Deshaun, where, Hey, you can have for two more years, but we're not anywhere close. And he's got some shit on his end, you know, that he's got to deal with. So I guess we'll see, but let's get into really the biggest, the biggest team in the NFL that is reporting a training camp. Um, we're going to do a little preview here. And I think we have some, some really good things we want to touch on, but before I get there, anything you want to touch on Mike, anything on your mind right now? Uh, I, yeah, I just, I wanted to kind of just break down how the first week of training camp kind of goes, um, because they do have some, some set rules going on with it. Um, day one through three, no contact, no contact, whatever, just, just walkthroughs, shorts, t-shirts, you know, doing a whole lot of, a a whole lot of nothing day four through five, full speed, light gear, which means spiders and shells. So just running around in helmets those little strappy things that tell you how fast they're running and how quick they're moving. Day six, mandatory day off. Day seven, 
they get into full padded practices. Now, this is where my hot seat comes into play. And my hot seat is all religious and or Christian players in the NFL because they're being forced to rest on the sixth day and work on the seventh day. And that seems a little problematic. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, n- I never thought of it that way, actually. Um, I, I, I'm not sure if it aligns with the, the days of the week, um, but what I will say it doesn't. Is, it doesn't. But I'm not okay but, with it, just so you know. Um, they, didn't never, they never said God rested on the Sunday. They said he rested on the seventh day. That's true. So, so people forget. People forget. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm actually, I'm furious at this point. So, so um, no, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I back you hundred percent. Cool. Appreciate it. I wasn't ready for that. that no, that's you actually, aren't. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's very great. So, so let's get into the Raiders uh, training camp preview just a little bit. So where I want to start is just some positional battles. And I have a few scenarios um, for Micah that I just want to run by him. So, Really, I think you can look across and say that it's a rebuilding O-line, but the O-line is relatively set. I think there's a few things with um, Denzel Good, where does John Simpson play, things like that. But that'll, I think it's it's already predetermined, but there's actually some serious competition going on, and, and I want to touch on that. So I'm going to start with the linebackers at first. You have Corey Littleton, Nick Kwiatkowski, who were big-time signings um, two years ago, and now you have Nick Morrow who came on um, last year and was a big part of the team. Gruden has already said big things about him. So where would you say this, that it's more about like who's getting first team reps um, in a sense, but of Kwiatkowski, Littleton, Nick Morrow, who do you think is really the one that stands out um, that, that gets the position and maybe who gets phased out? Well, I think you have to, Unfortunately, so Morrow was our most productive linebacker, most consistent guy last year. I think he, out of the three of them, is the odd man out only because Littleton and Kwiatkowski were brought in for the future of our linebacker position. Um, I think they both have the potential to be able to completely play lights out above what Morrow can do there. And I think we just saw them struggle a little bit uh, coming into this system. Now we're in a completely new system. I think we're going to see them play a lot more up to what their contracts were given. But I think Morrow got the benefit of the doubt being the only one in that system before. And so I think Littleton, Kwiatkowski, we're going to see them really take a big step this year at the position, mainly because we're going to have a competent defensive coordinator in there. Everybody's kind of on the same playing field. There's going to be there, you know, bumps and bruises along the way. But I think we're going to actually get our money's worth out of little. I mean, Littleton all over Littleton was worse than quit last year, obviously. But I think we're going to start seeing ROI on those guys coming into this year and next year. I think, yeah, I think it is tough because we, with Littleton, I think there was high expectations of him and lower expectations of Kwiatkowski. I don't think the deal was that much different, but more so who he was and he didn't show up, but I think there's also um, a lot that Littleton can do when he's channeled and put in the right position that Kwiatkowski can't. And so Morrow is kind of like the, he's a dark horse for sure in that sense, but I, it, it's kind of a good thing where if we can elevate Littleton and Kwiatkowski, Morrow is going to fit in where he can. But I think if anyone it's 
from what we've seen, Littleton might phase himself out and be more of a situational guy if Morrow steps up. Kwiatkowski stays the same, and Littleton really does does his thing, right? So I'm with you there. It, it's a tough group, but I think um, we've always been thin. I, I never like I've never knew a Raiders team that wasn't there that was deep at that position, but here we are. So so now this is um, so the wide receivers is, is is one of my questions where we don't have it's kind of like we don't have the guy, right? But we have a lot of dudes. Yep. And so I'm going to rule out rugs because he's going to just be in there. Right. Yeah. And I'm going to rule out Renfro because Renfro has earned himself to be involved in some capacity. He might not roll out there on first down, but he'll be there second down. Right. But what we have is Brian Edwards, John Brown, Zay Jones, and, it's not about like, okay, who's playing X, who's playing Y, but like who's really breaking through to be the third or fourth option and not in a sense that it's Ruggs, Renfro, and the next guy, but like who's the guy that really, I guess who is, who is the two guy? Who's, who's one that's phasing in and who's one that's phasing out is where I'll say too. So we got Brian Edwards, John Brown, Zay Jones. Yeah, I think with Zay Jones, I think we know who he is. He's not that dude. Unfortunately, I think that he is someone he's got fantastic connection with Carr. Um, he's a very fast and I think can be someone that gives us a couple situational catches here and there. But he really was a disappointment last year. John Brown coming in, new guy, veteran. I think he will find his way in over John, over Zay Jones in that same kind of capacity of like faster guy. I think he's really going to help bring rugs along. I think it's Edward's spot to lose really when it comes to it, to being, you know, to kind of be in that X, that split out wide guy. I think unless he comes across injury issues or just drastically shows that he's not improving or isn't comprehending things, I think it's his spot to lose. I think that he is going to come in and, by all accounts, from what I've seen through OTAs and stuff like that, he's done well. He looks like a fucking beast out there. And in my opinion, he is going to get most of the looks, get most of the reps, unless something happens, whether it be injury, whether it be um, some type of problem somewhere, what have you. I think John Brown's going to be more of a guy that comes in as a vet um, that's going to kind of help Ruggs get into his own as kind of that gadget guy, situational fast guy, you know, teaching rugs how to the nuances of being a receiver. But I think it's Ed, Edward's spot to really lose, in my opinion, when it comes to um, essentially that exposition that we're going to see needing to kind of get filled. But Zay Jones, odd man out, Edward's spot to lose, in my opinion. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I think if you look at it where you're like, okay, well, if you just trot it out, it's it's you have one X, which is Edwards, and then you have a tight end, which is Waller. Then you can have Renfro rugs. You can have John Brown rugs, John Brown, Renfro, et cetera. Right. So I, th- I would agree it's, it's between those two. And I think it's, but also Zay Jones is the, he is a veteran. He is someone that like Edwards has to show it. Yeah. And, and Gruden hasn't been someone that banks on, Oh, I'd rather take talent or, or what have you. Right. Um, a couple of names I actually forgot to mention were um, Willie Sneed. He's on our roster. Um, so watch out for that. And also how cool is uh, the name Dylan Stoner? <laughs> That's a cool name. Yeah. Undrafted free agent, Oklahoma state. Like I, yeah. Have you ever met a Dylan that was a stoner? Probably. Yeah, we have. 
<laughs> we, we very much have, but yeah. one lived right down the street from us. Correct. <laughs> uh, and uh, to be honest with you, I, I did hear rumblings um, that he was actually showing the goods for a little bit and in OTAs and whatnot, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with him, but you know, don't, don't count him out of that. Uh, Julian Edelman making the team because of special teams and just waiting to get his chance, you know, don't be the gunner. You never know. Yeah. It just seemed like with, with corner, like you said, right. Like corner, we have to really develop the guys, but the guys are there and we, we know it's our net. We know it's Casey Hayward. Right. And then the safety, it's a little up in the air. And that's kind of where I'm going with the next one. So we have Jonathan Abrams, Trayvon Morig, Carl Joseph, yeah. Tyree Gibson, and Darren Levitt. So Tyree Gillespie, not Gibson. I said Tyree Gibson, who's an actor. Yeah. Tyree Gibson is actually trying out tonight. Breaking news. It's actually Tyrese Gibson, and he was in uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. It's his brother. His name is Tyree. So Tyree Gillespie, Clevesby. Clevesby. Yeah. And um, I think it's, is it Darren or Dallin? Yeah. Dallin Levitt, I think. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not that important. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's, we basically, we're going to run two of them, right? We're going to run free safety, strong safety, how they, how they move them, how they shake them up to us. Right. Not really us, but if, you know, if it was, we, we would just start a Madden franchise. So, so we have Jonathan Abrams, Trayvon Morig, Carl Joseph, Tyree Gillespie, and Down Lovett. So, is there anyone there? As much as Gruden wants to say, and it, we know really who he's talking about, but it's it's unknown, undefined. No Jeff Heath, right? He's not back, so he can't save the day. What are your thoughts on the safety position? In my opinion, Week One, we're going to be out there with Morig at free safety. Abrams at strong safety. I think what you're going to see a lot of in the beginning of training camp and practices possibly is Carl Joseph getting some starts at free safety or first team reps or whatever you want to call it. I think him being a vet, being on the team before, not that that really matters because of like scheme and all that stuff, but you know, him not being a rookie like Morrig is, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to being in front of the line on these DB drills and, you know, being with one of the first teams out there with stuff. So I think it's just going to be a matter of time before Morig kind of comes into his own very interesting year for Jonathan Abram for sure. Uh, and him in general, but I think you're going to see a little bit of the veteran guys kind of getting front of the line treatment, but when it's all said and done, Morg's going to be starting at free safety. Abram will be there at strong safety. Yeah, that's actually really interesting because I I feel the same way, but in a different way. Where I think Ooh. that I think that um, it can be twofold. Where Morg is going to prove himself uh, more reliable than most, and so I think what it will do is that he will be able to have that free safety spot, and you can have the choice to have Abrams or. Carl Joseph, because they can play the same position. And also, um, if Abrams is playing well, Carl Joseph can also play the free safety. Um, and then you can play Morig in the slot. So I think there's going to be some scheme versatility with uh, Morig, where not to say it's he's not the, you know, Derwin James by any means, but I think you could use him in that sense where he's going to be good enough off the, off the press and also in playing center field to where I think there's going to be some versatility there. So um, I don't know as far as like the the other guys there, but I, I I do 
for some reason, I have big hopes and, and confidence in Morig and being able to pick up what we're doing and, and be someone that we bank on sooner than later. And, and Joseph having some of this redemption second time coming back to the Raiders. But Abrams also, you know, obviously is someone that we need to figure out. But I do think within the right style with it's, it's, I think we, we, as much as he was someone that was, we're like, dude, come on, figure it out. And I was the guy, right. I was like, just stop. Right. I don't think he had a, you know, a, a governor at all. Right. You know, like the, the golf cart where it just slows down. Right. It's like, it's like, I don't think he ever had that to where it's like, Hey, play this as hard as possible. And here he has the smarts to read and react and things like that. But like, just, he's got to be able to get put in the position. I think, you know, really Gus Bradley can do that. So I think there's going to be some interesting ways where we can do that. And if it, if all three of those guys accelerate to where we need them to be, it could offset any potential letdowns on the, on the DB side, but yeah, I agree. So let's get into um, some biggest questions. So as we're entering in um, training camp, Micah gave us a rundown of what the first week looks like. A little problematic that they are not resting on Sunday. We will probably take that up with Mark Davis um, as he's getting his hair cut at Supercuts. Um, we'll figure it out, figure out a way to get through to him. But the biggest questions that you have coming into training camp on the defensive side, where would you go? Yeah, so there's, I, I guess they're both semi-obvious, um, but very intriguing on my end. First one's going to be, can we finally get a pass rush? That's going to be the big question. Brought in Ngakwe, right? Max Crosby, hopefully he will, you know, jump from his kind of sophomore slump that he had, injury, stuff like that held him up. What's Cleve Farrell going to do? You know, how are these guys that brought in, how are they going to, play on the offense or defensive line. How is that going to pan out? Are we going to actually be able to have some type of a pass rush dating, going back to what you were just talking about. I think one of the biggest things is, is Abram going to be able to put it together? Is Abram going to be able to harness that crazy wild play that he plays with, be able to harness that and not make stupid mistakes, be able to stay on his assignments um, and, you know, whether Gus Bradley can kind of rein that in. Um, there was, I feel like a lot of things, a lot of outside things kind of hampered the Raiders defensive backs last year, whether it was injuries, COVID, random stuff like that. I think the biggest thing that wasn't an outside thing was Jonathan Abrams, just dumb mistakes um, and the issues that he had there. So our guy, Ryan, said it best looking at it from a, player development side of things it's like he really was only in his second year last year where is he going to go from there kind of thing where is he going to be at I think that's the biggest question if we don't see any improvement from him at least some improvement of getting better on making stupid decisions and just you being able to play aggressively like he does but also like harness that aggression and like turn it into good, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, just like Spider-Man. Can he do that? Can Gus Bradley bring that out of him? That's probably the the biggest question marks going into this for me. Um, and that seems like a season long thing. As I, as I ranted yeah, about it, it seems no. like a season long thing. I mean, I we're talking it was, about camp. it was the last season um, <laughs> yeah. that we just dealt with, but no, I, I totally agree. I think there's a lot of interesting things where, how do like we did bring in Ngakwe and how do we generate him and, 
and get him with Max and and also does Klee stay stay inside? Do we do we supplement some of the pass rush that we didn't have? So I think those are all fair points. And also, um, what you're mostly you know what you're saying is like, do we put Abram in the best position to succeed? And and, and is he able to harness um, what he's doing because he is Spider Man? I believe is what you're saying ultimately. So, but yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think it's it, that's the biggest question mark really on the team. So um, on the on the offense side, it, it's I don't know. I, I think I think. It comes down to, it feels like finally, if, if I'm going to be optimistic, which I usually am not, we have so many weapons, right? I don't think, like, as you're mentioning, like, there's not this true X, there's not this true Y and slot, and then you just go, right? I think we have so many guys that can do a lot of things that we could easily have Edwards do or Zay Jones do or... It could be Rugs, or it could be John Brown, or it could be Renfro. We have so many interchangeable guys, and not to mention Darren Waller and also Jacobs and Drake. Don't forget Alec Ingold. So we have a lot of weapons there, but are we able to get outside of our own comfort zone, basically? is like, are we able to expand and, and be able to make this attack really this, this fully maximized attack, in a sense? So I guess my biggest question is, like, what are the, from the, the tools in our tool belt, like, how are they positioned? Are they, are they going to be coming into here? And because Gruden does the, it's like, as if you're in Madden and you just slot through it, right? You flick R2 and you're like, these are your receivers. Click, these are your tight ends. It's like, can we just say, hey, here are weapons. Let's get the best weapons out there for this, for that. And can we get versatile that way? And I don't think you're going to see that until the season, but more so like, are we going to be able to include double tights with Moreau and Waller and not have either of them block and have them go on routes, things like that, where we just take what it is and just get creative, but it's more so where I want the team to go, but I, I will be interested to see how the wide receiver room shapes out. Um, I, I know that they will not, they won't not invest in Henry Ruggs. Sorry. That's just not going to happen when you take him as a first wide receiver. It's, it's a pride thing. And also I think he has a lot of talent too. Renfro has proven himself there. And then it's like the guys that are interchangeable, whatever. But I think there's a lot of things that are there and I'm just interested to see how they utilize them. Training camp's not going to show that you're not going to show your cards, but I just want to see kind of how, how guys kind of like really fall into place basically. So really wasn't an answer, but more of just like, I'm probably going to hold on to that for the rest of the year, just so everyone knows. It's kind of like how we've talked about, kind of the philosophy that Andy Reid rocks and the Chiefs kind of rock. It's like they just have a bunch of weapons and they just try to put out the best combination of weapons out in the field to succeed with what they're trying to do, you know, and it's like they don't have that typical X. They don't have that typical Z or Y or well, I guess they got Kelsey, but whatever, you know what I mean? They're just yeah. like, here's weapons. How do we construct them to get the best outcome? So I just don't know why you wouldn't look at it that way. Like, why wouldn't yeah. you say like, here are the best teams what do they do? And they're like, Mm-mm, nope, we're going to stay here. It's like, I'm just, I'm interested to see how it, and you're not going to see it in training camp, but I'm interested to see how truly the positioning breakdowns that were like, Hey, this guy, if used in the right way, will elevate over this guy and how they're pegged that way. So the offense, I mean, I mean, if you really want me to say like the offensive line, I'm going to be interested to see how that shapes up, but it's really the weapons that we have. Um, I think across the board, we expect the O line to shape out how it does. And, there's a couple guys that 
might rise and, and John Simpson has a chance. So yeah. there's some O-line love, but outside of that, it's what, what John Gruden does with the weapons. So last one is viral spiral. You ready yeah. for this? <laughs> so ready okay. for this. I cool. texted you, told you, cannot wait. You sent me the agenda. I was like, can't wait to find out what viral spiral means. And you're like, I bet. And that was all you yeah. said. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like, well, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's not, be, it's also because I didn't invent it. Um, but I invented the name. So Perfect. Um, I used to um, listen to, well, I guess it was Simpson Lefko um, on Bleach Report. And then it was the Lefko show, but he had this thing called um, Whoa, Big Off Season. That's what you would call it. Nice. It was basically like through training camp, right? Through all like the off season, there was all these, oh my gosh, Tim Tebow's running and he looks really big mm-hmm. at the Jacksonville Jaguars OTAs kind of thing yeah. like that. So I was like, well, I can't rip off Lefko, but I'm going to rip off him in a sense. And I'm going to say viral spiral. So Perfect. what do you think we're going to see a projection through training camp where it's going to be viral and it's just going to be this spiral of like, it, it's the whoa big off season, basically like this is a big deal and it doesn't even matter at the end of the day. So what is like a viral spiral where we're going to see with the Raiders, someone that we didn't expect to show out or someone that, is good and they they end up being like the oh man like because you see the reports right like oh nick morrow is just leading this team right now and you're just like wow he's our number one whatever it is right what do you think the viral spiral of the raiders is going to be that really doesn't pan out but it's it's something that really we hold on to in those days it's like a tuesday we're like nice this is good whatever right that's the viral spiral basically yeah Mostly a Twitter thing, but like a social media and also like. Yeah, with the fire emoji next to it because something something crazy happened. I knew he would take off year three or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like it's just. Yeah. I think one thing that we might see um, randomly throughout the year in in that regards or throughout this going on is going to be the Kenyon Drake catches 15 yard out, Juke's corner darts to the corner for like a 65 yard touchdown from Derek Carr or like a wind whooshing emoji um, next to like Henry Ruggs is fast. And it's just Mm -hmm. like him, him streaking down the sideline and just burning everybody for like some 68 yard bomb. I, that, that would be my guess is something, something involving rugs going deep or like an off player, like Kenyon Drake Mm -hmm. or maybe an Alec Ingle. What a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh Las Vegas Raiders two-headed monster straight fire emoji with mm-hmm. the head explosion thing. And then yep. it's like back to back. Uh Josh Jacobs rips off 15-yard touchdown. Kenyard Drake catches 20-yard touchdown. Something along those lines. That that does fall into the whoa big offseason and viral spiral. So good job. Well, mine is just really selfish. I'm going just like Dylan Stoner. He's just gonna he's gonna like moss someone or like catch like a big play and be like, does he have a chance? to be in there like Dylan Stoner and, and you'll see the reports from whatever that dude, that report, what's his name? The Paul, uh, not Paul. Uh, who's the kind of, you know, he's a white dude. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. The, the Las Vegas guy, right. He has his own talk show. This isn't uh, helping Vincent. Oh, Vincent Bong singer. Yeah. Anyways, Vinny B. <laughs> Vinny B. That's a way better say. <laughs> So I would say it's going to be Dylan Stoner because yeah. he's it's it. So the, there's the two sides of it. It's one of it is what you capture where it's like Raiders two headed monster watch out. And then it's like Henry Ruggs breakout season number two. 
whoosh, and not to say it's not going to happen, but it's like, it's going to be just over amplified, right? Mine is just going to be like undrafted free agent, Dylan Stoner out of Oklahoma State, sick name, also mossed this dude or went to the house. Does he have a shot at breaking into the starting whatever? And then he's just like a gunner on punt. And you're like, oh, it's like week eight. And you're like, I remember that guy, you know, that's, that's where I'm going with. So, so uh, be ready for this headline. So he has a crack back block, which is legal nowadays, or maybe mm-hmm. he has a deep, like over the middle. And then he like lights someone up and the title is big hit from stoner. You see one of those come across your bleacher report. <laughs> that would attract a lot of different views. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm here for it. That's the type of, that's the type of headline that kind of gets that mm-hmm. double entendre, um, the double meaning behind behind it that you're just like, yeah, there it is. 2021 well, we'll, is here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll track our viral spirals and how accurate they are, but um, that's all I have. I think the Raiders offseason, it's crazy that it's here. Um, I'm excited and there's going to be um, a lot of things that, that do develop, but we are just happy that football is back, kind of was never gone, but also kind of was for a little bit. And we had to deal with a little bit of NBA and the Olympics are here. So, you know, watch out for the, the men's breaststroke coming up here tonight. 947 TNT. It's past 947. So you missed it. <laughs> In case you were looking for it, you already missed it. Mm-hmm. And it was probably the dude from Great Britain. So yeah. watch out. He's nasty. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple iTunes. We are doing a giveaway. We're doing a draft top giveaway, as it was said on Twitter on social media we're doing a giveaway go give us five stars on itunes leave a review give it some hashtag america hashtag father's day whichever one you're trying to win we got two separate styles of draft top we're trying to get get to you guys along with some uh some capper tops so get your chance in to win one of those go check out our brand new instagram uh we got instagram Raider take podcast in the bio of the instagram we got Raider Take Podcast merch. We got shirts. We got hoodies. We got tank tops. We got dog bandanas. We got rally towels. We got dog bandanas. There's dog bandanas. Nice. Yes. So go get your merch. It's fantastic. Great way to support the pod. So we love you guys. Can't wait to dive deeper into training camp as we get into the season. We'll see y'all next week. Raider Nation, stand up. Get your dog bandanas. Pretty fly for a white lab. Let's go. Love you guys. Peace out. See you next time.